Hey everyone, this is Jack with The Chorus and the Chaos. Before this week's episode kicks off, I wanted to take a quick moment and make you aware of a very special upcoming episode of the podcast. The next podcast we released, uh, the one after the one you're currently listening to, is about two weeks from now, we'll be conducting an interview with Professor Nancy Piercy, uh, one of my personal favorite authors. She is joining us to talk about the topic of toxic masculinity in light of her new upcoming book, the Toxic War on Masculinity, How Christianity Reconciles the Sexes. Very excited about it. Excited for you to hear it. So please keep an eye and ear out for that episode. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Chorus in the Chaos podcast. My name is Jack, and I am, as always, joined by Blake and Grayson. And this week, we have a very special episode. If you've listened to the past couple, it's a continuation of a theme. Uh, we, talk, we talked about uh, covetousness. We talked about greed. And now we're going to talk to the anecdote of those things, which is um, uh, contentment. So I'm excited about this episode. I, I think I said in a previous podcast that it's like a Christian superpower. Um, it's kind of a weird thing, but it is such a special thing. Like we'll reference this book maybe 600 times tonight. Um, in fact, my primary objective is that every person listening to this episode buys this book, or at least downloads a free copy off monetarism if you don't already have it. But let me hold it up here because Burroughs says it is the rare jewel of Christian, of contentment. Christian contentment. He calls it a rare jewel. And it really is. It's such a, a very special, special thing for the Christian, for the Christian to learn. Um, and all that I think that's a point that we'll, that we'll make early, early coming out of this is that it, it's a learned thing. So don't right. be discouraged. Uh, we're all in different places. Uh, but I've always found that and, and Burroughs kind of begins his book there that it's a, it's a learned thing. So we'll get into that. Um, a couple of housekeeping items. If you haven't already, please, uh, we ask this every so often, but leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube. Um, if you have questions, obviously you can email us, find us on the Facebook page. Um, as we look to build up our YouTube following, anytime you comment, uh, like, or anything like that, it really helps the algorithm. So even if you've got nothing to say, just go click the like button or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and there'll be a book giveaway again this episode. That, oh, though Ooh. I don't, I don't even have a plan. It'll just come randomly. So out Blake, of my, why don't you, why don't mind. you outline the specifics <laughs> of how these book giveaways work? Cause this is the third one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Third book giveaway. So, um, we had a generous donor, uh, give us a stack of copies of praying through scripture by Whitney. This is a little short book. And basically what we've been doing the last, uh, few episodes is we'll have a secret word for you to put in the comment section of YouTube. And if you're the first one to do that, you get yourself a free copy of the book. That's we'll send sweet. it to you. There's glitter in the box, all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> and, and everybody's like, Confetti. I'm good. I'll just buy it off of Amazon. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you introduce glitter. Right. Well, I think it was... Uh, uh, but no, that's... No, don't worry. It shoots out of the box when yeah, you open it. So, <laughs> right. So it won't get on the book. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, contentment. So that's that's the topic of this evening. 
Um, and, and continuing in the theme of uh, the season, again, the, the thinking here is as we move through season two, we're addressing topics that we think or would be considered maybe categorized as common struggles of the Christian life. And I, I would say being content would be a common struggle. And as we talked about in the covetousness and the greed episodes, um, we live in a very materialistic uh, society. We live in a world that breeds get discontentment and it's mm -hmm. always pushing for more. Like you watch uh, advertisements, TV, billboards. I mean, it, you just walk around and live in, a, in this world and everywhere you look, it's telling you, you shouldn't be happy with your current situation because mm -hmm. here's this cool new thing that really what you need. And we're just, right. it's, we, we are in an onslaught of just yeah. everywhere around us is just telling us you need to be discontent. Right. And then it, it's, it's chasing that it's promoting the chasing of that thing that will make you happy or that thing that will fulfill you, uh, yeah. which really is like a seed of, of, of discontentment. Um, that you just hit, that, that has to be put to death uh, in the yeah. life of the believer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But there is um, a holy, there is a holy discontent, which we'll probably touch upon that. Yeah. Also. Oh, yep. is that a teaser? Yeah. Another yeah. teaser? Is it? I don't know. I, I, Grayson, I, I, is it? <laughs> no, I actually, I didn't put that in the notes. I was thinking about that uh -oh. as I, I wrote it and I'm like, I'm already yeah. three pages into this. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> okay, we're gonna buckle have, up, we're gonna folks. Just... We're in for an extra long episode, and you will uh, be content with it. <laughs> right, right. There's a yeah, opportunity like, to practice. Uh... Not to hear another one on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, any other any other um, things we want to say just by introduction about contentment, Grayson? Any anything you want to add? Yeah, I think. When we look at the issue of contentment, I mean, it's, it is a sin, but I think it's, it's not merely just a sin. The thing that I find kind of ironic about how we even pursue the idea of contentment is that we think it's something we ought to just be able to have rather than something we have to yeah. learn, right? Jack, you touched on that in the beginning. We'll touch on it throughout this, but even how we seek for contentment, in other words, I would say is often through discontentment. And what I mean by that simply is that we have this idea that, um, we're not quite patient, right? We want to learn contentment fast. We don't want to go through the struggle of having to learn it by having things stripped away from us. Um, we want contentment and we want it now, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Well said. Well, so to kick it off, I think we can get uh, in a time machine. We can go back to the Garden of Eden uh, roughly 6,000 years ago. Based. Right? Well, yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think if you did that, you would find two individuals who struggled with. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This That's is like really Jack segue. Adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. That's a good segue. I was proud. I was like, you're hey, in a I, time machine. Yeah. I had a Bible. Uh, I had a Bible uh, teacher in college uh, that always used to open up by saying, let's put our sandals on. <laughs> uh, like we're gonna go back and put our sandals on, but the school I went to, if a guy wore sandals, you would get demerits for that. So I don't know, kind of. Different. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Jesus wore sandals. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Adam and Eve. That professor be like, Jesus wore sandals. Adam and Eve. Yeah. Of, yeah. Okay. You look at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You look at the people 
you look at two people, like if there's anybody that should have been content, you have Adam and Eve in the garden mm -hmm. in fellowship with each other and fellowship with God. They have all of their needs supplied. They have uh, authority in keeping and tending to the garden. Again, open, open fellowship. If there's anybody that should have been content, uh, it would have been Adam and Eve. Yeah. At least way from, from our, from our site. Uh, and yet there's the one command shall not eat of the tree. And then they partake of it. Sin, death enters in, uh, all kinds of obviously terrible things flow. And actually from that little seed of discontentment grows this huge viney mess of discontentment that has now reached down through the ages uh, and has affected everybody. I mean, yeah. everybody that's, that's ever, that's ever lived. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so you, and, so it begins, it begins there. It begins in the garden, just like so many other things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And since then, you know, um, since the dawn uh, or since the fall, really, uh, men, people, hum human, humans have struggled with discontentment. It's just, it is a result of the fall, this constant need to tell myself that what God has provided or given me, it ain't enough. Right. Right. And, and, that, and you kind of get into that root, that, that issue as, as well. I mean, in your discontent, you're asking kind of the same question that, that Satan asked, like, did God really say like, like, is, like, is God good? Is God actually going to provide for me? Is God actually giving me what I, what I need? Or mm -hmm. is he guiding me along where I'm supposed to be? Or has God dropped the ball? Is he trying to keep something good from me? I mean, as mm -hmm. Christians, we would, we would never, you know, put it that way, but we act that way in our attitudes when, you know, when doubt creeps in, um, again, when just discontent itself, uh, and you begin questioning, well, is, is God really enough? Yeah. Uh, will he provide and provision is a huge area of discontent. We see that with Israel, mm -hmm. like 40 million times, right? Like every like turn he, of the page, there's some kind of grumbling, uh, you know, and we laugh, I don't know, we laugh at Israel or like we, we giggle at like, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, it like the thing is like, how, how could you be so ridiculous, you know, but like we do the same stuff. We so, yep, you know, we, it's, we do the, the older right. I get when it, so that's a good, that's a good point. When I was a younger Christian, I would read this stuff right. and be like, what yeah. a bunch of morons. Like, what yeah, are these guys, right, right. you know, and then, you know how we approach Israel. We're literally the Pharisee that's like, Lord, I thank thee that you have not made me like Israel. <laughs> it's so right. true. When I was a young Christian, I would like read this and be like, how could they like, literally, yeah. there's a pillar of fire and you're like, like, if I yeah. saw a pillar of fire and, and yep. bread coming, like I oh, do, right. Right. you know, I'm just like armchair quarterbacking it yeah, as a, right. as yeah, a 22 actually, year yeah. old, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I made yeah. that point but, in a sermon one time where I am like, so many people look down their noses at Israel. And they do the, just that. They see the, the vast miracles, the parting of the Red Sea, all that kind of stuff. And they're like, how could you not believe? And my basic point was you have the spirit of God literally dwelling within you. Right. Dwelling yeah. in you. Yeah, like, you know, you Christ. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And, the, and it goes wow. right to that discontentment because it's like, well, if I had had this, you know, but I'm yeah. not content with, with what, you know, it, it's right there too. But anyway, yeah. the point I was going to say is the older I've... The longer I've been a Christian, the more I read those things, and I'm and I'm like, yeah, I'd have probably done that too. Right, right. You know, yep. <laughs> right. I'd be yep. right there with them, grumbling. Yeah. 
In yeah. my Christian life, I, I've like seen not only Israel, but like Peter is a more relatable mm-hmm. uh, person, you know? Yeah. Because again, yeah. it was that's, for me, same stuff with, you know, Peter as a young Christian. I was like, how could he, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of get it. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, Lord, I would never deny you. And it's like, well, I just denied you and that sin I committed. So I guess, I guess there's right. that. Right. <laughs> right. There's, I didn't hear <laughs> yeah. no rooster crowing. Uh, <laughs> what's that have to do with anything? <laughs> Exodus 16, three, Israel, kind of famous quote. If only. We had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, they said. There we sat by the pots of meat and ate our fill of bread. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this whole assembly to death. Yeah. How often do we do that, though? The same heart. Think, think about all, often. like, really, all the time. Like, we, and this is like, you read that and you're like, what a bunch of fools. You know, you read that and that's like the the takeaway, but we do that all the time. We mm-hmm. think about all the things the Lord has provided us. Mm. We're we're hosting a podcast now on three different parts of the country. <laughs> I'm talking, it's right. going into my computer, literally going to space, bouncing around and coming down and you guys are hearing it, then other people get to hear it. We right. have churches, we have um phones, air conditioning, we have uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the complete canon. We've got the Holy Spirit. As right, grace. right. You know, all of these things. You could go on for an hour talking about the right. graces and gifts that God has given us. Oh, yeah. Materialistically, spiritually, The physical whatever. and the spiritual the, yeah. benefits are just out, like, unreal. Yeah. I, I say this often, like, when we're – because, you know, we like, you know, we like uh, eating around my house. And uh, sometimes, like, we, you know, we put these, like, little dishes together. You know, like, bacon-wrapped shrimp or something like that. And that's something I say often in our house is there have been kings that have lived and died that have not eaten this good. Like, <laughs> yeah. that never tasted anything like this, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know? That's exactly right. It's just, it's unreal. It's unreal. And, and probably that's all true. And probably tomorrow I will complain about something. I'm sure you will, Joe. Yeah. Thanks. Right. <laughs> Thanks for that just to encourage <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But, we, you but, know, we talked yeah. about the Lord, the Lord rains down manna from heaven to sustain yeah. them and, you know, the, gave them strict orders not to gather them more than they needed, but they disobeyed. We see this again time and time. Yeah. And, and the, no matter what, you know, it goes back. I think we talked about it in the uh, covetousness episode. We, we have this, pr- give us, you know, the, the Lord's prayer, give us our, mm-hmm. give me my, my, can't daily talk. bread. Uh, daily bread. Yeah. Lord, give me my daily bread. Yeah. But again, we, we're always asking and looking for more. Right. And I, I think give that, us our daily it, bread turns into give us our daily cake. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the interesting thing Absolutely. with the Israelites though, is it was just that, right? They, they had that daily provision from God. And mm-hmm. of course they're like, some of the people are like, we got to get more than just this. Cause this won't, this won't happen again tomorrow, right? It's just that continual heart of unbelief that comes out. And then what yeah. happens, but it spoils and there's maggots and everything else. Um, but it was all born out of a heart of unbelief. And what I look at with that is that the lesson ultimately that they had that they failed was a simple one. And that's the same one that we fail so often is that each and every day, the Lord is kind enough to provide for us out of his sovereignty and in his care for us. Mm. And Yet we look at that and they looked at that and they said, it's not enough. I mean, he even gave them enough for the Sabbath when that would roll around, right? Right. They could collect for two days the day before the Sabbath and it would still be good. Um, But no matter what, 
it was still never quite enough. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty, and it's so, it's so heart revealing. Yeah. So heart revealing. Yeah. And again, we, uh, just to drive home the point, you know, particularly with the mana, we're so quick to say, how could you, how could you not be satisfied with the bread from heaven? You know, the sweet as honey on your lips. But the thing is, is, I mean, they're eating it all the time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, day after day, after day, after day, they're eating it. And we sit here in our, you know, Western society and pretend that monotony is not a problem for us, yeah. you know, and that we're yeah. not, and that we would be satisfied with the, and, and that, and that is the thing in all of this contentment issue is it flies in the face of our society's desire, uh, even, even for like things like variety, you know, it's like, you're never promised variety. You're never promised, you know, luxury yeah. and, and exuberant, you know, like all these different things. And yet th- so often that's our point of complaining is it's not a provision issue most of the time. Again, just there's, there's our patented nuance, you know, flash <laughs> nuance ahead <laughs> across the screen, so you know, nice. so good. Right, right. <laughs> I butter my toast with nuance, <laughs> um, you know, but again, it oftentimes it's not a, it's not an issue of actual provision. Our complaint is how the Lord chooses to provide, yeah. you know, which is exactly what Israel does with the, yep. you know, in, in numbers 11, four through six, right. What's the complaint there? Were you, are you asking or yeah, I'm going to take a dramatic sip of right. water. Okay. So the text, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, the rabble among them had a strong craving for other food. And again, the Israelites wept and said, who will feed us meat? We remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt, along with the cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic. But now our appetite is gone and there is nothing to see but this manna. Right? So right. you picture that, right? Day after day, God is giving them faithfully what they need. And mm-hmm. they're just looking back like, oh, how sweet it was when we were slaves and people were being killed right and left because we had leeks. And, remember how and good onions. it was when we were beaten every day? Yeah. Remember when Remember we had to make bricks without straw, but we had we were, onions. We had to kill our baby boys. That was fantastic, right? But, we but had all our, there our was cucumbers, Grayson. <laughs> yeah. Right. But the interesting thing I can to abide me is, by the nukes if I've got the kooks. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Kooks or Burroughs gives a. Well, I'll save that. Never mind. I'll save that. That's actually a Burroughs quote. You can deal with nukes if you've got the kooks. <laughs> so. that's, that's, uh, that is that in the appendix? Yeah. That's if a, you can find that in, in the, the book, appendices. please yeah. write what page it is. And, yeah. Well, said a little oh, bit of revisionist history, but no big deal. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he was very ahead of his time. Yeah. He was. He was. Anyway, as you continue reading, though, in the Old Testament, and you see how God responds to this thing, we we see the Lord promises to indulge their discontent by giving them so much quail that it even then becomes loathsome to them. Like, yeah, they complain, and the Lord's like, "Okay, well, here's here's a bunch more quail, right?" Actually, <laughs> and they I do- love and, that because He's like, "It's right. going to be coming out of your nostrils. You'll have so much." And they, I think, if you were to 
translate it roughly, they they took um, I can't remember what the exact unit of measurement was, but it'd be like forty bushels of quail per person, just some obscene amount of bird. <laughs> yeah, it's a and is, a, is, a, is a hunter is a hunter that gets me a little like all right, yeah. But it's a I mean, the, on the, the field, the yeah. crazy thing, and that that passage yeah. shows it's like as. The meat was in between their teeth. So, I mean, I'm picturing these guys just right. full frenzy, ripping it apart. Just they chomping just, down. They've right. got grease running down their face. And it's like, as that is happening, the Lord strikes them with a severe plague. And then they right. bury many people there because they had died. It's just right. like, yeah, you're done. Boom. Yeah. And I mean, that's how severe that murmuring, complaining spirit right. really is. Right. And yeah. I think the pains that we bring on ourselves, the pains that we bring on ourselves for stupid things. I mean, what to die for quail? I mean, I don't know, man. And cucumbers. (laughs) And cucumbers. (laughs) Do not forget the kooks. Yeah. 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 Yeah, But but you bring up a good point. And there's a ton of examples in the scripture. I mean, again, so much of the Old Testament is Israel, the Lord providing or delivering Israel Mm -hmm. from some situation. And then them not being thankful, turning to other gods, acting a full, you know, over and over again, right? right. Read Chronicles, read Kings. It's just nonstop. Uh, but that, but that's ultimately where it comes back to, right? It's this: the root of this sin is a lack of thankfulness to God for His providential provision. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in essence, it's it's the same sin that we see in uh, Romans one twenty one which gives us indicative of those who hate God when it describes God haters, uh-huh. you know, it's largely people who exchange truths. Um, you know, they, they, they are discontent with who God is, what he's done, what he's given them. And they start worshiping everything except their provider, mm-hmm. the yep. Lord who gives them breath. They exchange right. that truth for cucumbers yeah. and they don't honor him, nor do they give yeah. thanks. I, uh, that always, that, that part always jumps out to me. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, my, even, my pastor, even as a believer, you think like, do I give, like, do I give adequate Thanksgiving, you know, yep. for, I mean, adequate's not the right word, but I mean, but, it, but do I have a, a spirit of Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's just it. I mean, I we of all people should be the most grateful literally for everything mm-hmm. we have, because, you know, if we genuinely know the scriptures, we know that everything that we have literally comes from the hand of God. It is not only his unique care for us as individuals, but as the collective church, he has given us every spiritual blessing, uh, right? Ephesians talks about that. So when we put literally everything together and start to look at all that God has done, all that God is doing, all that God has promised to do, um, if we have that same lack of thanks and that lack of honor towards our God, (laughs) it's a sad thing in my mind for Christians. Um, it's a truly sad thing because we're acting like those who have not actually experienced the graciousness of our God. And we've experienced it yeah. in an incredible way. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah if, if, and I'll, I'll just kind of speak to the listener here. Find so if, you know, if you struggle with discontentedness, just stop that. Stop. Look around you stop and find it. something. Some stop it. Get some help. <laughs> yeah. Find, find something to be thankful for. Yeah, because right. it is there. If yeah. nothing else, the forgiveness that you have in Christ, the blood of Jesus, which has washed your sins away, begin there. And this is where I t- where I where I talk about the tr- like the when I kind of jokingly say the superpower of contentment because mm-hmm. 
when you get that, when you learn that, and I'm, and I'm saying this as one who is learning, right? I'm no way saying I'm content. Um, but I understand it well enough to know that as I mature in my faith and I've seen, I've been a Christian long enough to see my growth in it and see how it's changed me, how it's changed my family and the grace and the sanctification there too. But find something to be thankful in because mm -hmm. right there, thankfulness is a fruit of contentment yep, and right. teach yourself to do it. Right. And, and I, I've, I think we quoted this before. Martin Lloyd-Jones has a book on, uh, I think spiritual depression and it's an yeah. amazing book. And I made, I think yeah, I made the joke because I, in the intro, he makes this one point and I was like, I'm done with the book. This is all I need. Like it, right. <laughs> it hit me so strong, but he, he makes the point that <laughs> too many Christians and I'm paraphrasing, but it's such a robust point. Too many Christians spend too much time listening to themselves. Yeah. Mm. Right. And that, that if you listen to yourself and you're listening to your heart, your heart is going to constantly tell you you're discontent. You're going to murmur. You're going to grumble. Stop. Right. Thankfulness. Remember, yeah. Purposeful thankfulness. Yes. Yeah. Be purposeful. Yeah. Right. Find things. Say, you know what? Right. I am thankful for this. I am thankful for my wife. I am thankful for my husband. I'm thankful for my kids, my house, my whatever it is. Right. Find stuff and just start preaching it unto yourself. One of the things right. I regularly do, I've done it within marital counseling. I've done it with just counseling individuals that are going through discontentment, um, whatever the case might be, right? They're, they're envious, all, all that stuff. I will actually say for the next five weeks, every single day, I want you to write out five different things you're thankful for. And so at the end of this, what you should then have is a large list of things. They all have to be different and I'm going to check it. So when we meet next week, I want you to show me how every one of those days contains five different things. And by the end of it, Right. You know, in the, the beginning of it, they're like, that's impossible. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that's yeah. why you need to do it. And then at the end of right. it, they're like, they, they've actually gotten turning a corner being able to say, you know, at first I felt really stupid thanking God for things like pencils or my hair or, you know, a good cheese or whatever the case might be. But then their, their whole demeanor changed to where they're like, yeah, I'm actually right. just more thankful for all the small things that I never even thought yeah. about before. Amen. And that's the whole goal of that exercise is just saying, look, God has given you so much, um, a lack of thankfulness, uh, a unthankful heart or an uncontent heart genuine is, and I hear me on this. It's genuinely a sign of unbelief. And I don't mean yeah. you don't have faith unbelief. I mean, it's, it's the same thing that you looked at what happened with Israel in the wilderness or right before they entered the promised land or even with Moses, right? When he struck the waters or the rock at Meribah, the Lord rebuked him for acting out of unbelief. And that's the yeah, same. It's acting issue in a that, way of unbelief. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But that's yeah. the same issue we find with this. It's not a respectable sin. It's actually a very, very serious one. Um, yeah. And one. Yeah. I think and, that, and go ahead, Jack. Go, go ahead. Sorry, Grace. And I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I was just going to wrap it up there. So, oh, okay. Okay. I, I was just going to pull back to the other episodes because we talked about greed and covetousness is sometimes culturally being respectable sins. Like, you mm -hmm. you know, they're not as frowned upon as, say, like adultery or, or something oh, yeah. like that, right? Yeah. But in fact, discontentment in Western society is a virtue yeah, in yeah. many cases. It's not yeah. even that it's neutral, it's uh, that it's a good thing. Yeah. But to tie those episodes to this one, if you haven't made the connection, I hope you have. But it's a serious thing for the Christian because greed, covetousness, discontentment 
is an outpouring or an act of an unbelieving heart. And again, it goes all the way back to the garden. The entire Old Testament is largely about God providing for his people in discontentment. And we do the same thing today. It is a serious, serious thing. So I could you reflect on that, like simmer on that. Think about that. Be introspective. Am I really living in a way that is thankful to the God and creator who provides the very breath and air that I breathe, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do I do it? And I don't think that I'm just saying I'm, I'm in the spirit of preaching to yourself. I'm saying that as much to me because I don't think that all the time. I don't, I don't, I have to stop and, and in quiet time and reflect on that and be like, right. Lord, thank you for the breath that you've given me, the house, my, like all these things, right. so many things. But that's where it begins in, in the, in the process of learning to be content. Start forcing yourself to be thankful. Even if your like heart doesn't feel it, preach it to yourself. And that is yeah. like, Step one. Yeah, the the another free cheap piece of advice that I always give is that, um, for one, your feelings don't ultimately matter. I, you know, the, you may not like me for saying that, but again, your feelings don't matter. So, <laughs> um, step forward in <laughs> obedience, though, and the feelings will follow. And Brace, you are so, so right. Point. Seriously, it's I, like I that, chuckle, but that. Go, sorry, man. I'm like, oh, that, that's it. Off. In a nutshell, is you, you step forward in obedience and their emotions will come later. You don't have to have yeah. the you know, top right. emotional experience with it to begin with. Yeah. Just trust the Lord. Your emotions need to be informed by the truth. Yes. Not leading, you know, not, not being, not you being led around by your emotions. It's not that you're supposed to enter some stoicism and kill your emotions and be, you know, Spock or whatever. Uh, but you know, again, the, the point is that your, your emotions need to be informed by what is right, what is true and what is good. Amen. Amen. Well, then let me ask you guys this, cause we've talked, we've made some assumptions here and maybe to a fault. I think we've assumed that everyone knows what contentment being content is. A good um, definition of contentment is to be content. Hmm. Content with the definition. <laughs> it's concise. <laughs> it's repetitive, which I always need because I'm a little slow. Right, which is I like. It's a learning tool mm-hmm. to repeat things. <laughs> you know. No, but kidding aside, let, let's maybe let's talk about what it is and isn't. Right to to help. Grace and explain. Jack just said we have to stop joking. <laughs> kidding aside, stop. Should I play? Should I just not play my Presbyterian? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a more Anywho. serious podcast. We are a serious podcast. Yes. We're very serious. So, uh, so you missed a, all right, a Grayson, great talk- opportunity to talk or to use a airplane reference. <laughs> I lost my, uh, oh, I, oh, I, I lost serious. my earbuds yeah. and I came back to <laughs> an airplane reference. There you go. All right. So moving on, right. we'll just leave it there for Blake. It's a mystery. I'm going to have to play and- it back. It's yeah. a mystery of contentment. There's if you really want to win there's nothing there. a copy of the book, <laughs> put in the comments what the airplane reference was. I First person to do that. You didn't give they it? Didn't give it. I didn't, didn't give it. No. He should give it now because surely you was made like <laughs> Surely you can't sure. That movie was made like 50 years <laughs> Okay, ago. there it is. There put it is. that in the comments. <laughs> First one to do it, we'll send you a free copy of the book. On, on us and we will withhold the glitter unless you want it. Mm. Then I can, I can make that happen. I've got little girls. I, I have an endless <laughs> supply of glitter. 
Glitter's everywhere. As soon as those, as soon as glitter like opens up, man, it's everywhere. Yeah. You'll find glitter for like weeks. There's probably yeah. a lesson in contentment in dealing with glitter <laughs> that like you just like, this is a part of my life now that I'm just going to find glitter everywhere Yeah, and I will just accept it and I will, you know, his grace yeah, so is sufficient. All, so learn to be thankful we all have our cross and use there. a lot of glitter. We all have <laughs> <laughs> when the Lord said, take up your cross and follow me. It was I did not uh, have the glitter. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what is contentment? I didn't know it'd be so hard. Not? Contentment, I would say, is not looking at everything through rose-tinted glasses. So yeah. what I mean by that is pretty simple, actually. When you're going through legitimate suffering, persecution, um, trials, even if you have discipline from the Lord, there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with acknowledging that those are actually the things going on right now, right? So... I am not being content by ignoring a very real problem and acting as if it's not actually going on. Right. Or as if it's not painful, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Like I'm under discipline. I love this. You know, like there's, yeah. there is a, there is a right recognition of what is going on. Yeah. Even I would I've argue got a, emotionally. I'll add to that with, well, say that again, Grayson, sorry. I would even argue emotionally. It's like if your soul mm -hmm. is in turmoil, and you're wavering back and forth, right? And you're like, I know this is the right way, and yet my heart's over here. Um, you know, admit that. It's not like you're going to yeah. grow in contentment not, if you just reserve that and never, you know, bring it out on the table. Yeah, you're not fooling the Lord. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let me give you a, I, I pulled open my handy dandy handbook for contentment. The Bible? The, oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jack, oh man oh jack your face just oh oh wow <laughs> oh man this is those oh wow this is those things that people hate about podcasts you stole, you stole my i had like such a good lead in here all right this is burroughs not the bible but it is burroughs describing contentment. Here's his definition of contentment. I think it's really good. He says, Christian contentment is that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit, which freely submits to and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. It's pretty good. That's very good. Yeah, I like that. You could exposit that into like a five point sermon or a, or a book. Or a, a whole book. <laughs> That's like the entire book. He basically just takes that, that right. phrase and like, whoosh, here's the yep. book. Yep. Yeah. So what else would you guys say is not contentment in, in terms of the, the whole rose tinted glasses thing? Um, uh, it's, it's not steady resolve, natural strength, indifference. I think a lot of people confuse, uh, one's natural demeanor of being kind of a calm person to be content. Like that can, can often be confused, mm -hmm. uh, being calm and just not flying off the handle or being emotional or overreaction. Like a lot of people would go, Oh, that's a content man right there, but that's not right. contentment. And I right. go back to that definition because he ties it directly to a recognition of, of God's provision in every circumstance. Right. Right. So right. just because you don't fly off the handle or, right. or, you That's know. what Owen says in Mortification of Sin. Yeah, is, yeah he does. He yeah, says it's just so many thing, times yeah. it just, you know, you can confuse a 
a mild disposition for holiness when yep. that's yep. really not, it's the, not case. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. heart is just as wicked if you're not, you know, right. Not showing. So anyway, yeah. I'd, I'd say that that would be a, an example of that, Grayson. Yeah. I think there's, um, and I, and I actually like, I actually like this point that you added in, uh, Grayson, that contentment does not mean that you cannot seek um, lawful, that you cannot freely seek lawful changes to your circumstances. So again, like pursuing a new job, um, yeah. I mean, there can be, there can be sinful discontent uh, driving that. But there can also be, you know, a good desire to provide for your family, uh, to be able to give more, to be in a, a a place maybe where you know the Lord's calling you to to serve or things like that. I mean, so there is. I would say that that is an aspect of a holy discontent, uh, yeah. something that is driving you forward uh, for godly purposes, not out of discontentment. And sin is so deceitful that sometimes it is difficult to actually, you know, sort out what is the real motivation, which I think is why it's so important to, you know, be in prayer, to seek wise counsel, you know, yeah. particularly in big life decisions uh, and things like that. It's not wrong to buy a uh, new car, you know, if your car is breaking down and, you know, it, it was alongside the freeway because uh, the engine caught fire, you know, it's not, it's not <laughs> yeah. holy contentment to say, well, I'm just going to have to stick with this uh, Geo Metro. This is what I um, have. This is what the Yeah, it's what I have. It's what I have. So I got to, you know, I got to stick with it. But there can be sinful reasons to pursue uh, a new vehicle, a new career. I mean, I mean, all of those things. There's yeah. even, there's even sinful reasons that you can pursue, you know, good health. Mm-hmm. Which is wild. I mean, you think of like mm. gym rats. Some of those guys are there for good, holy reasons, and others are there for vanity. You know. Yep. Mm. And so, so sorting all that is uh, good. Good luck. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there's and, and my just, there's my pastoral advice. Good luck with that. <laughs> good luck <laughs> figuring that out. Yeah. It's it's and you're right. It's a heart thing, guys. It's it's a it goes right to the heart, and it can be so difficult to discern that. But like you said, I was and I was going to make that point if you didn't. About the Have, gym rats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the main thing I wanted to yeah, talk about this episode. Right, right. Um, now, the the point of having biblical wise counsel around you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because so, so often I think it can be really hard to discern. Am I, is my desire for a new car coming from uh, a discontent, a, you know, a covetousness? Is it, is it coming out of that or is it, Am I, is, are my desires for a new car genuine and honorable? And, and it can be really hard to discern that stuff. Right. 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 So mm-hmm. having people around you who know you really well, that you're open and honest with, and, and you know, that you can, you can talk to that about is right. a big help. Yeah, yeah for that, sure. I'd also say that if you're just going through a really hard time, I mean, a genuine trial, there's nothing evil about, you know, asking God to help you or to relieve mm. you from that trial or to at least yeah. lighten that trial. Um, there's nothing inherently wrong with being able to look to a friend or family members that are, that are godly. They're going to point you back to Christ and just say, look, this is really hard. And to have them, you know, to quote Paul, weep with those who weep. The mm-hmm. whole point in what I'm, I'm saying there is 
contentment doesn't mean that you just ignore the difficulties of life, but it also doesn't mean that now everything gets squeezed through this weird grid where you can't give glory and honor to God by just simply enjoying life too. Right. There's right. This, there's right. this weird, yeah. Oh, I'm knocking my mic. There's this weird. There's yeah. There's two extremes. Yeah. There's, there's extremes to it. Yep. Yeah. You know, of where you can go too far and say, well, I can't, you know, in, enjoy anything. And then you can go too far the other way and, you know, somebody's spouse dies and you say, well, you just got to be content with it, you know, like, <laughs> and there's no, you know, and there's no like, yeah. and there's no filter of, again, weeping with those who weep and understanding, you know, the, the mourning and all that stuff. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Be like Job's friends. What's that? I say you'd be like Job's friends in that example. Oh, oh yeah. Job's friends. Yeah. 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 Right. So everybody so those, wants to be Job. Most people are Job's friends. Actually, I don't want to be Job. Who wants to be Job? Why did I say that? Yeah. Right. Everybody wants to be miserable and have bad friends and lose everything. Everybody wants to scrape boils out their back with a pot shirt. Everybody. Yeah. 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 So speaking of uh, contentment in a uh, <laughs> in a positive, um, in a positive light, I guess. Yeah. What, what is it? Yeah. What is contentment? Um, Grayson, is this your, because uh, you guys were talking definition. beforehand about, yeah, Burroughs yeah. definition versus. So yeah, yeah this is give us, that I give very us close to Burroughs. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. So I just said, it is the disposition of the heart that entrusts yourself to God in whatever circumstances you find yourself in and gives thanks to the Lord for those circumstances. There it is. Yeah. It's just as good as Burroughs, Grayson. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is the, well, I, 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 I actually, I actually want to read that again. I actually want to read that again. It is the disposition of the heart that entrusts yourself to God in whatever circumstances you find yourself in and gives thanks to the Lord for those circumstances. Yeah. Which is wild because it's not just in it's not just enduring the circumstances. It's actually giving thanks there in all things. Back. Yeah. Back giving back. thanks in various trials and counting yeah. it a joy. Ooh, yeah. Mm. It's tough. Well, Man, so practically, tough. what does that practically what does that mean? Well, it means like we talked about in the first couple podcasts, right? You're not constantly given over or succumb to these, you know. Uh, greed and covetousness like behaviors, right? Right. Um, it's, it's, you're not letting yourself go there. I think that's just practically a way you can do it. Uh, but, but I'd say it adds, you know, it entails a lot more than just avoiding those sins of greed and coveting. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we, we, as we talked about with Israel, um, we want to be careful. And I think this is probably the area where a lot of people suffer mm -hmm. is murmuring or complaining. Yeah. Right. I struggle yeah. with that. Like, it's just a, it's an outflow of my heart at times when dumb things, right. When dumb things right. happen and I complain about it. Right. Like just right. nonsense. And like in, in reality, it's like an, a, a dumb thing to complain about. Right. But, yep. but we murmur yeah. and complain. Like that's what we do a lot. Do you, do you guys, I, I don't know. Like, I think in myself, like, this is just me speaking of, of me. I feel like I murmur and complain about dumb stuff more than I do big things because yeah, when big too. things happen there's an awareness yeah. like there's an awareness of like okay 
this is, you know, something that, you know, obviously God is in control or you're seeking God's face. And so I find myself complaining less about those things and murmuring about those things. It's, uh, you know, getting out of the house 10 minutes late. Like yeah. the like the little Traffic. dumb things are the things, yeah, that are the things that, uh, you know, when you're hangry, like those are the things that it, for me personally, and I was just wondering if, do you guys feel that like for yourselves? Totally. Yeah. I, I would say yeah. that's, that's yeah. probably pretty accurate because when, when big trials have come, right. I don't find, like, I don't know. I just don't find myself complaining. about. I guess there's be, being an inf a theologically informed Christian. Right. Just, right. You're like, like you're I, like, I, I Oh, this is a trial. This is a big like, deal. This is right. This is a big deal. This is, right. This is right. happening for a reason. Right. I, right. You know, and I'm just very aware of that. Right. But yeah, 10 minutes late out the door, I whipping the drop, wheel around because they forgot your McNuggets. Yeah. My coffee <laughs> spills on my yeah, shirt. Right, right. You know, <laughs> whatever. Oh, um, I, yeah. will, I will tell you that I don't get fast food often, but that's the one that gets me. It's like, this is not a hard job. And I, I expect my taco. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I admit it, but it's one of those things that I, I'm for whatever reason that yeah. Thanks, Blake. You just got me. Right. <laughs> Grayson's triggered over there. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what we do. Like yep. that is what we do, and that is the same heart as Israel. Wandering the desert, complaining about all the, you know what I mean? Just yeah, yeah. It's the same heart. It is yeah. the exact same thing. Yep. Yeah. So, like so one of the about, yeah, go ahead, Grayson. I was oh. just going to say the what we talked about in the beginning was just that um, the antidote to murmuring and complaining is just to give thanks, right? So when you find things that are irritating you, um, perhaps stop and give thanks to the Lord for something. You don't have to be some weird guy that's like, Lord, I thank you that the minimum wage worker forgot my chicken nuggets, but you can still thank the Lord, even in the midst of it and say, forgive me. I know that this is complaining and it was dumb. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the food. And you move right. on. Something yeah. that I've been trying to personally put into practice over the last month and a half um, is really trying to filter. And I think I've, I've talked to you guys about this before, uh, even like, like for a long time now, uh, you know, trying to filter, um, things in light of like the early church or the persecuted church, like would this matter in the early church? Would it matter in the right. persecuted church? Like this thing that's, you know, whatever, right. uh, this personality difference or that in the last like month, month and a half, I found it really helpful to be mindful of like my irritation with other people to filter it through okay this isn't a this is a soul this is a person made in god's image who has an eternal destiny and it just and it sounds like and it sounds maybe kind of cheesy or hallmarky or something but in my mind like that helps switch over like this thing that i'm irritated with them about or angry with them about like unjust thing like you know forgetting my my nuggets or whatever um you know that, that i can say like okay this is an eternal soul and somehow that takes the edge off of my disappointment in them or like my irritation with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So me, I don't know. I mean, that's. I was going to say that for me, the big thing has been reminding myself that I live in a sinful, broken world. And so if right. I'm, 
walking each and every day thinking that things are going to go perfectly, I'm literally living with too high of expectations. I should expect that things go wrong and that things break down and I'm going to have to Grace, buy a new car or right. <laughs> So Grayson's hot take is lower your expectations. All right. You just, Pretty much, yeah. if you have super low expectations, you'll never be disappointed and you'll be never. content. Right. I think right. Burroughs would say that that's not real contentment though. Right. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Yeah, just that's true. That's true. Acknowledge that you live in a broken world and things will go yeah, wrong. Right. That's, that's absolutely yeah. spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So how do we then become a content people? We talked about thankfulness, right? Uh, but let me, let me read a verse because I think this, because we mentioned right from the outset that it can be learned. And, and again, I, I, I hope everyone is encouraged by that because if you're like me and you realize that I am not content, I murmur, I grumble, I complain about nonsensical fast food, you know, whatever. Right. If you can like put yourself in and be like, yeah, I, I do that. Listen to what Paul says here. So this is Philippians four verses 11 through 13. Paul says, not that I am speaking of being in need for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Right. So any paraphrase, like side note, footnote, when people complain about, or sorry, complain, I've been saying that word so much tonight. When people say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and they put that on their sports bottle in their, you know, their baseball bat or whatever mm -hmm. it is. I recall uh, Dwight Howard in like the all-star dunk contest, like 20 years ago, whatever, I, uh, this is like etched in my mind, by the way. This is a rabbit show. I'm sorry, but he uh, he goes to his big dunk was he dunks the basketball, but he slammed a sticker on the backboard that had that verse on it. it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens mm. me, like to the top of the of the backboard. Paul's not talking about dunking basketballs, though. That was pretty cool, though. That was, <laughs> that was, pretty, cool. <laughs> was pretty high up there. <laughs> that was a baller move. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he's yeah. not talking about that. Think about the context. He's Paul is talking about the situation of of suffering and abundance and whatever it is, uh, learning to be content through Christ who strengthens him. Right. It's so important. It is a learned thing. It is a grace, a sanctification. Right. And, and it's to me, that is so encouraging. Yeah. It's perspective. It's, it's the same it thing is. that Paul says in Romans eight, that, uh, I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worth comparing to the glory that yep, is, yep. that is ahead of us, you know, yeah. um, you know, there's a, a lot of, for me personally, a lot of my struggles against discontentment is just having too narrow sight, too short sighted, you know, yep. and not considering, you know, e eternity yeah. and holding, you know, what, what glory is going to hold and, you know, and all of those things. Um, cause again, it's easy to get short sighted. It is. Uh -huh. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. So, how do we Grace, I think you've got a nice. Uh, what, what's that? I was going to say, I was just moving on to the next part with. Uh, oh, yeah, please, please. Burrows. Um, yeah. Practically speaking, then, um, and this, this whole section until we get back to Philippians 4 literally is just robbed from Burroughs' rare jewel of Christian contentment because it's just fantastic. He actually has yeah. probably like 12 or 13 more points on this, but <laughs> these are ones that I grabbed and thought were just good ones. Um, 
He says, initially, we learn not so much by way of addition as by way of subtraction. And what he means by that is that it's not by adding more and more to your life that you're going to learn contentment somehow. That just, it doesn't work like that. Rather, right. you have to subtract, right? You have to lose. And the idea is that you bring your desires down to match what you have or your possessions, yeah. so to speak, rather than seeking to just add more as if that's somehow going to fill that void. Yeah. Right. You know, but so good. In short, Just, it's it's yeah. much along the lines of what Ecclesiastes teaches us, right? Where all of life is vanity, everything is vapor. It's here today, gone tomorrow. Your money, your possessions, mm. even mankind itself is a vapor. There's all sorts of aspects to life, as far as even the pursuit of wisdom that Solomon just says it's vanity. So we acknowledge that fact, and that we look at the reality that these things are not so much evil so to speak but that they're just transient so yeah. enjoy them while you have them but recognize that you only have them for a short period of time in other words you can't carry it down into the grave with you um, they're not going to bear any grand eternal significance they're a tool like many other things that are given to us as a gift by god but to strive after such things is vanity just as it's yeah. said in ecclesiastes mm -hmm. yeah yeah but, but again let me, let me go back to the superpower. Imagine, if you will, listener, what it's like to live that way. If, if you live in such a way where your possessions don't possess you, you possess your possessions and they're just things, they're transient. If you live in such a way where you understand that the Lord provides everything, if you live in such a way that whatever befalls you is an outworking of the, of the good providential hand of God, despite suffering and grief, those are part of it, right? But that those things are working something in you. If you can just live that way, what a joyful existence. What a joyful existence to live day to day from when you get up to go to bed, knowing and trusting and believing in the Lord that whatever happens to you is from the good hand of the Lord. Right. It's based on something higher than circumstances yes yeah you know yeah just all the weight is gone i don't you know i don't have it just it lifts the burden is lifted I've and and more it. so and i i didn't i should have led with this but going back to cry like our your greatest need your greatest need has been dealt with finished on the cross done right your greatest need has been dealt with so how much more than can we live in that joyful, contented state, knowing that that has happened and the Lord is continuing to provide and care right. for us and every year? Right? Again, yeah. yeah. again, Roman, again, it's Romans eight. There's right. There. You know, how much more, you know, yeah. if, if the son of God, he who did not spare his own son, if he gave us his son, how much, how much more will he give us all things, all things. you know, that, that, yeah. that, that, that follow like the big yeah. ticket item is already in. And it was yeah. a sacrifice of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so moving on about, about your next point here is really good, uh, Grace. And, you know, we don't, to, to be clear, we don't necessarily remove the burden, right? But we add another in that we learn to see the true burden that sin brings upon us. Like it's that perspective thing. So we, we you know, th this is not merely seeing our own sin for what it is, but seeing it in light of the world tainted by this reality as you see the power and dominion of sin in this world, you look toward a better possession, eternity of Christ. It's, it's this positioning of what sin is, 
how it is, how it's impacted me, but knowing that it's been dealt with, I live on this side of the cross and I've learned in all things to be content. Right. Yep. And there's, there's that aspect of holy discontent too, where. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we should touch on that. That idea of indwelling sin, right? There's that holy discontent that I have where I must strive now for repentance and, and to honor my Lord. But in all of it, I'm looking at that final day when all of creation is renewed. I'm resurrected with Jesus Christ and the power and dominion of sin is finally subdued fully under his foot mm. and cast into the lake of fire. So there's this reality where it's, it's a both end, right? There's that tension, the already not yet tension where I'm looking at it on this side of the cross and yet still living with indwelling sin and, and fighting it. And yet, eagerly awaiting the day of Christ's return so that I no longer have to battle that sin and that I can see that the burden of my own sin, the burden of sin in this life is all headed somewhere and that that burden one day will be fully lifted and relieved. And that puts me in a much better perspective to see for one, if I can look at my sin more seriously, then my focus is going to be elsewhere than on the things or my trials or everything else. If I look at my sin more seriously, I'll see that even my sufferings pale in comparison to what I actually deserve. Mm. If I look at my sin more seriously, I'll see that God has been exceedingly gracious and one day will remove even that last vestige of sin in me. And I'll stand before him one day without it. And it's like, so if all of that is true, then how can I be discontented? Right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's good. That's really good. I couldn't, as you were talking about that, I, I, I was thinking about Job, Hmm. uh, you know, the Lord gives the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord, like everything he experienced and, you know, right. But then we even have, but we even have like this greater, uh, revelation of hope even than Job had in that yes. all things work together for good for those who love Christ and are called yeah. according to his purpose. You know, yeah. now I'm just going to spend the rest of the podcast, just linking everything back to Romans eight. Cause I think that's like the third or fourth time I've done it on here. Oh, Romans so, eight is so good though. Challenge unlocked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of guys, Romans eight when, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, the next point then would be in the midst of our trials and hardships, we don't look to necessarily just escape them. Um, but how do we then look to glorify God in the midst of them or through them? Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's a big one. Um, much of the time when we have something hard happen, our first reaction is just to say, how the heck can I get out of it? Right. And that's right. not necessarily right. yeah. an evil inclination because it's not like you should desire to suffer in a sense of being a sadomasochist, but you should be able to look at it and say, okay, if I have this trial or this hardship or this suffering, um, and it's not going to go away and the Lord is pleased through my weakness to shine Christ all the more, how do I make that happen? How do I glorify God? Right. Right. What is he teaching me? How can I glorify him? Yep. You can spend so much time trying to get out of the trial that you actually just don't (laughs) glorify God in the middle of it. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah, Are you, are you, you're missing what is, you know, what the, the, the thing is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things in my life, and I'll be a little personal here that the Lord used to teach me is we've, we have five kids. 
we've had several miscarriages, several miscarriages along the way. And I distinctly remember, um, the, we, several years ago, maybe four or five years ago, we lost, we named him Shepard and he, Lauren, my, my wife was 20 weeks along. So it was pretty far and man, it was hard. It was really hard. And I, and I remember spending a lot of time in prayer thinking, really wrestling to understand, um, how do I glorify God through this? Hmm. Like how, how do I do that? And it didn't come right away and I'm, and I'm didn't do it perfectly. There was complaining and probably, um, genuine, I mean, genuine grief as there should have been. Right. But one of the things that struck me and I wrote an article about it somewhere. I it's, it's on the, the webpage somewhere, but was this remembering then of the beauty of the resurrection. And it was like, I, it was one of those things like I knew it, but it wasn't until I lost until we had a miscarriage. It was like, it was so personal to me hmm. to know. And, and I, I'm not saying that, I don't know. It's, it's a hard thing, right? It's a really hard thing, but I, but one of the things trial, hardship, whatever you want to call it that I took away from that is that the resurrection is so precious. Sin is so wretched and the resurrection is so true. Like how unnatural is death? Yep. And it just tore me, but here it is. I'm, we've moved past that. You know, we've had my son, my youngest Everett has been born since then. And I continually go back and just remember the beauty of the rest. Like one day I'm going to see him and be with him. And we live in a fallen world. It's this perspective. And so all that to say, don't look to escape, as Grayson said, trials and hardships, but find ways to, to understand what the Lord is teaching you through because he's doing something with them. Uh, I think it's the beginning of Romans five. He, Paul lines out this process of things lead to other things, right? Suffering leads to this, to this, to this. And he says, basically all these things happen to, to, so that we're given hope that does not disappoint. And yeah, I was not, I, I don't know. Maybe that's contentment. I don't know, but just knowing the resurrection the lesson and what I took out of that was really powerful for me. Like the way it gripped my heart that that reality of just how true it is and how it has to be true. It just has to be because death is so unnatural. Yep. That's, that's what I have in mind when I'm saying the burden of sin. Um, that's all part of it, right? It's like yeah. just how, twisted and mangled and broken every bit of creation is and you, again you can get into that holy discontent there too but the the idea is that um at one point that'll be done away with for now we have to learn to embrace it and to struggle through the hardship of it but yeah we have a god who promises um to be with us in the midst of it i'm i'm going to be preaching through psalm 56 shortly but um david's praying to God in the midst of hardship. And he says, you have, 
kept my tears in your bottle. And hmm. the idea is not that God actually has a physical bottle that he keeps everybody's tears in, but that um, the the pain, the suffering, the anguish of uh, the people of God is a precious thing in the sight of the Lord, so much so that he, he keeps them figuratively in this place where um, it'd be more accurately translated as a wineskin, right? And they would keep their mm. water in it so that way it wouldn't dissipate in the desert. But that's the idea is that God himself collects the tears of his people. And then you couple that with Revelation where he says, I'll wipe away every single tear from their eye. Mm. And it's just a beautiful picture of what we're being pushed towards throughout all of our Christian faith is that God is the one who sees and cares and we learn contentment in the midst of that, um, knowing that one yeah. day he will reward us. And it's not just that we yeah. are content for the sake of being content, but that we we can finish the race and, and run it well and meet our Savior face to face. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm ready for that day. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Um, but that's, yeah, to, to move on, because I think we're we're kind of on the last section here. So, you know, we, we learn then with contentment as we learn how to do it. Uh, one of the great fruits is that we learn to see and savor Jesus Christ above all things. It goes right back to that Philippians four text that I read in this section. You know, Paul, Paul didn't see contentment uh, in all things as an end in and of itself. Like that wasn't the goal. Um, contentment is a fruit. It's not the root. Like, it is a fruit of a, of a heart that is alive unto Christ and sees uh, entrusting God unto him, like entrusting, sorry, I'm struggling to talk, entrusting his soul unto God and learning to delight in it and all these things. Like it's a, it's a flowing out of that. Yeah. 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 I think the, the, the big part for me, I mean, not to, we did talk about this being a longer episode, I guess, didn't we? Uh, you know, cause you're mentioning the, the miscarriage thing, which is something that, you know, we're, we're still struggling with having lost a baby yeah, a few months I'm ago. I'm so sorry. And, um, that the main thing like is, is, was, we're still wrestling with it is going back to will, will not the Lord of all the earth do right? Hmm. Like, does God know what's best for me? does he care for me and does he love me? And the answer is yes. Like he know he will do what's right. He does care for me. He knows what's best for me and he does love me. So like that to me has been probably in the whole process has been like the balm, you know, like even, even looking, I, I understand what you're saying of looking forward to like the resurrection and when everything is set right and, and all of that, but even in like the, like the day to day, you know, yeah, like yeah. the day to day is the, just the constant reminder. Okay. God is good. He loves me. He, he, this happened for a reason. I can trust him. Yep. Like he's teaching me things through this. Like even this thing can work for good, you know? And like, that's in, in my mind, like that's been the thing that I've really been uh, leaning on, which I think is, uh, and one of the things that Burrow says and, uh, that Grayson put in our notes here was, is, is that fact Yeah, that if we're going to yeah. be content, 
a, a big piece of that is going to be to know God loves his children. He cares for us and he knows what is best for us. Yeah. Yep. And that bleeds into then just being able to trust, right? Mm -hmm. we, we can trust that even in the midst of those times where we don't know everything that's going on, and that's often that God's will is supreme and it is best. And therefore we can learn to delight in it, even if we don't quite yeah. understand every bit of it. And that's hard, mm -hmm. but it's a precious, precious thing because you can look at your creator and say, right. I'm safe. Right. I'm yeah. And when, the arms of my and when you can like, yeah. And when you can let go of like this lie of control in your life, you know, I mean, cause you mentioned like most of the time we don't know what's going on. I'd say like almost all the time we don't know what's going on. Like we don't even know what the next five minutes holds, you know, yes. like yeah. a meteor could hit my house. I don't even know. I hope not. But yeah, like we just, we just don't know. So you have to like to keep from losing your mind as a believer you have to entrust yourself to the Lord. You have to. And who better to entrust yourself to and to entrust your life with than the God of all the earth who does right? I mean, I get nervous entrusting things to other people. Like when it comes to things like uh, investing, like portfolios and stuff where somebody else handles your investments and stuff like that kind of thing makes me super nervous. Like I don't want some pleb that doesn't know what he's doing or maybe he doesn't know what he's doing or it's going to mess something up you know uh you know that's going to be that's going to be a big issue or whatever but like god never drops the ball right yeah yeah like he never messes it up so you can you can rightly and it's not just rosy glasses you can rightly say every single thing that happens god has a purpose for yeah. because he loves me and it's working out for my good and for his glory and sometimes that's a really hard pill to swallow, admittedly. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, I think I, I think I, I wrote an article uh, too. I mean, just shortly after we lost our baby and it was like, I don't, and I think I even said in there, like, I don't know how this is going to work out for good, but I know that it is, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so even being able to just entrust, you know, yourself to the Lord in, in that moment um, is, is beneficial, I think. Yeah. It is such a grace that, to, to just to be able to do that, like compare yeah. that with the rest of the world. I don't know, man. I, one of the things we I, know, one of the things we regularly hear, like the, the, a regular conversation that I have with folks, you know, particularly with older folks, they're going through like just health things, losing spouses. I mean, just all you know, uh, you know, bad reports from the doctor. There's nothing more we can do. All that stuff. I mean, the thing, like, the longer you're in it, the more you hear from, like, particularly these elderly saints. Is I don't know how people of the world do it. Like, how do yeah. you, like, how do you get through the "there's nothing else we can do" diagnosis yeah. without the Lord? You know, and it's just, yeah. it's just, it's, it's mind blowing. I mean, yeah. the, the hopelessness. Uh, of of the lost, even in the in the day to day things, yeah. um, it's no wonder discontentment is such a uh, spreading you know sin disease. Yeah, w without without Christ, what are they right, feeling? That right, for? you know, they're just they're plugging anything they can right. in that hole. Right, right, yeah. Yep. right, yeah, yeah. So to to go back to Philippians four again, contentment is the fruit of the of what paul says in philippians 3 8 it's, it's a fruit of the root 
the root of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus. And that ultimately is where contentment flows from, uh, flows out of, right? It's through knowing and that relationship with Christ. And, mm-hmm. and as I mentioned, that, that kind of text Christ, to, which the text that gets butchered a lot, but I do all things through Christ who strengthens him. When Paul says that, that's really what he's talking about. It's that root of surpassing value of knowing Christ. Right. That's where that's, that's the core. That's ultimately where it begins. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would you say then, if you have a lack of contentment, what would you recommend the person do then in light of that? Me or Blake? Either. Do you want to hear the Baptist answer or the Presbyterian answer? You know, I would, I would, uh, I would venture to say that in, in this, it's the same answer. Yeah. Um, if it you lack, be. yeah, right. <laughs> it better, be. uh, you know, if you lack contentment, the chief antidote is to learn more about your savior and your Lord, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that is the beginning point of contentment that which everything else flows out of your view of everything will be filtered through your view of Christ. If you have a small view of Christ, and you have, uh, you know, yeah. If you have a small view of Christ, then things are going to be out of whack. If you have a large view of Christ, uh, his worth surpasses uh, the discontentment. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Then uh, I'll add, Blake. Uh, you apply that knowledge of your Lord by living out His examples, for doing His commands. You live in a way that is according with your faith, right? Yep. Um, look to glorify God. And as we talked about a lot in the first half of the podcast, give thanks, preach to yourself, right. find things to be thankful for. Right. Right. Yeah. They, they are there in abundance. Yep. Yeah. Thirdly, and, I'd add. Go ahead. Yeah. Go sorry. Ahead. I was just going to say, look at everything that God has done, the many blessings, right? Not only in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. Um, look at all that Christ has done in his life, death and resurrection, where he's, purchase those blessings for you and mm. grafted you into the very family of God. Mm. Um, look at what Paul says later on in Philippians four, whatever is worthy, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, think mm. on these things and the God yeah. of all peace will be with you. Right. Amen. Right. So dwell yeah. on the lovely things that God has done through Christ. Yeah. It's really hard to murmur and complain when you're dwelling upon those things. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, Grayson, you said your, your last point here. Um, and it's, and it's a good one. As you're dwelling on these things, look with great anticipation of Christ's return. Yeah. Where, and you put this here, I think it's great where the reward will be even more richly and wonderful than we could think of, of existence, life, have whatever, however you want to think of that, the reward will be more richly in this, in that, than we can ever imagine in this life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Glory is so far. Like, I think, I think that we uh, get these little pictures of like what glory will be like, you know, and mm. I'm excited to see how, <laughs> how short our vision actually falls I know. <laughs> on, on, on what <laughs> actually, you know, is going to be there. I, this is a super bad example and the illustration breaks down really bad. Okay. So I was to put that on the outset. A number of years ago, my brother was uh, going to seminary in Kentucky. Uh, I went to visit him and uh, we hopped up to the uh, Ark Museum, Hmm. you know, 
the arc, not the art, you know, Ken Ham, right? Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be cool, you know, like I was like, yeah, it'll be cool, you know, whatever. And so I had this like really like kind of like, okay, this is going to be what it is. But then when I got there, I was like, this is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. like this is really cool. Like it's so much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, Glory's going to be like that, but infinitely better, you know? Mm. Yeah. What if the new Jerusalem is just a big Ken Ham arc? And you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Right. Huh. Can you just imagine? Ken Ham just stands at the door. It's not St. Peter at the door. It's Ken Ham. And he beckons you, come. You know? Yeah. I don't Gosh. know. I don't think Ken Ham, if you're listening is, to this, my mind I'm is sorry. going out all sorts of unhelpful directions. <laughs> right, I know, me picturing, too. Picturing Ken Ham on the Arctic, right, right. the heavens, and it's Just like waving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let, let me try and salvage this because one thing I, we've got, I don't know if I can salvage. You don't that, need to but, salvage the Ark, okay? Yeah, the it, fair point. Yeah, um, the Ark so, is the vestige of salvaging. Yeah, exactly. Amen. Not my presbytery. Good, good. <laughs> Good job. That was a good one, huh? Um, no, quickly, because I again, one of my main objectives to go back to where we started is I yeah. want you to get this book, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. Yeah, uh, I've got the Puritan paperback version here. Again, it's free online. If you just Google it, you'll see some PDFs. I think Monitorism has a free one. Right. So you can, There's also an audio book of it, you know, if audio you like book, audio book, yeah. you know. It is very accessible. But one of my favorite things of this book, and one of the reasons, like, I would put this book as a if I had a Jack Lee five books a Christian needs to read in his life, this would this mm. this book will be on it. Like I would put right. it on it. We gotta do that yeah. episode. We do. We, we talked do. about that. I would the Jack that. Lee list. Yeah. Like me and Grayson won't even add to it. We just want to know what Jack's yeah. top five are. <laughs> oh, oh, you'd pick that one, huh? Yeah. Right. Interesting. <laughs> it's an I interesting choice. Yeah, yeah. I thought the but, sorcerer's stone was better, but um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but one of my favorite things about this book is Burroughs's illustrations because throughout the yeah. book he gives yeah. these illustrations yeah. and that is not my strength it, maybe it's why i'm not a preacher yeah. or a pastor like well you can tell it's not my strength either with the ken ham <laughs> glory in the ark yeah i thought it was pretty good right uh, but whatever whenever i've had to do that like i said okay what's an illustration of this and my brain just like goes dumb like i cannot right. think of one and i read stuff like this and i'm like that's brilliant so let me here's this so basically what he's what he's describing here is an illustration of a contented man versus an uncontented man. Okay, listen to this. Okay. To be content as a result of some external thing is like the warming of a man's clothes by, by the fire. But to be content through an inward disposition of the soul is like the warmth that a man's clothes have from the natural heat of his body. A man who is healthy in his body puts on his clothes and perhaps at first on a cold morning they feel cold. But after he has had them on a little while, they are warm. Now, how did they get warm? They were not near the fire. No, this came from the natural heat of his body. Now, when a sickly man, the natural heat of whose body has deteriorated, puts on his clothes, they do not get hot after a long time, and he must warm them by the fire. And even then, they will soon be cold again. What a brilliant illustration. Like, I, mm-hmm. this is such a brilliant illustration. I love it. Yeah. Um, let me see if I've got another good one here. Uh, this is just going to turn into Jack's audio book of <laughs> <laughs> chapter might one. Be, if I keep yeah. reading, we're going <laughs> right. to have some copyright infringements. Um, 
I'll just read this one. So this, this is the first time I read this quote. It was one of those like blow your hair back quotes. Like I just thought it was, this will be the last one. It's kind of a heavy quote. So, but he's comparing um, the sorrows and graces, like the storing up of graces and the storing up of sorrows. All right. So listen to this. He says, so every comfort that the saints have in this world is an earnest penny to those to them of those who, whose eternal mercies that the Lord has provided for them. Just as every affliction that the wicked have here is but the beginning of sorrows and forerunner of those eternal sorrows that they are likely to have hereafter in hell. So every comfort you have is a forerunner of those eternal mercies you shall have with God in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, heavy and brilliant and beautiful at the same time. Right. Like, right. That's, such a great that's one of those lines that's kind of been said by a hundred different guys, a hundred different ways. Yeah. I know, yeah, it is. Like, it is. like, I think, uh, Owen has a similar quote to that. And I mean, but it is such a living illustration, the foretaste of good things and the foretaste of terrible things. Yeah. You know? Yep. So. All right. Well, any, anything else in closing? No, I don't think content. so. Think right, we, yeah, I am content I, with this episode. This yeah. was a good episode. Yeah. I am content right. as well. So, right. well, thanks for listening to the Chorus in the Chaos. Um, I am Jack. That is Blake. <laughs> that was Grayson. <laughs> and uh, have a great day. Be content. <laughs> Be content. <laughs> Bye.